Oh, okay. We were in loop mode. We've got to start all over again. Yeah. All right. Because we, we, were, we were starting with a limp. Yeah, we were limping in. Uh, Rick Crisman here, Acme Writing Academy, Season 2. In the flesh, face-to-face for the first time. With Bob Clark, Marcello Vasquez, Mike Magnuson, Theo. I mean, we we should explain. Normally, we do this uh, online, you know, from our various parts of the of the world. But we're actually here in Santa Monica, drinking together, talking. And tonight, we're going to talk about. Well, what are we going to talk about, Mike? Memoirs and fiction and shit like that. So, and we're going to call it "So Sue Me." We're going to call it "So Sue Me." That's so that's sue working me. title. So Sue Me. Yeah. So that means we're going to be talking about... Meaning that if my memoir isn't totally 100% God's truth, sue me. (laughs) (laughs) You can have half the profits. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But we have uh, debated this a bit. I think we did it on Bastille Day when we were all in Wisconsin, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Um, I I came at it from the... uh, position of if i'm reading someone's memoir i'd like to think that i'm reading the truth i guess but i can I, i've softened on that some <laughs> but there seems like <laughs> wow. well, why are you starting to write a memoir yeah i don't know it just seems it seems like it's all uh, it's almost dishonest i guess that's the way I, I have always felt about it. If it's not, if I think it's, or I learn that it's being uh, fictionalized, it seems like it's not honest, it's not true. Yeah, but, but a memoir uh, is not fictionalized. But the thing, well, yes Presumably. No. But yes, well, that's just it. That's the that's question. What I, that's right. what I'm, the point I'm making. Um, I've come around, like I said, I, I've, I've softened my position on that somewhat. For instance... Go to a my my uh, class reunion, fifty year class reunion, and um, there was three or four of us. I think there was four of us, guys that were pretty close in high school, and it was a certain situation that we were all laughing about and remembering, and every and it was a it was one of those things that you know that you do as you're coming up that you know you're always going to remember, right. and <laughs> everybody, all four of us. Had a different memory of it after fifty years, you know, yeah. and we were all at the same thing, same place at the same time. Yeah, every one of us had a different version of what actually happened. It was like, no, 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 that's not the way it went down. We were. What was you know, your version? I don't. Remember. It was it some heinous thing. The, that you my did version or? was yeah. the right version. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? Um, when you when you think of memoir like that, I think there's no way you could think back that many years and recall precisely, you know, what exactly went on. So like, you, like you've like you said, and since you're the only one here that's written memoir, there are times when you just have to fill it in with good writing, fill it in with stuff that could have been, right? I mean, you can't fill it in with something that just wouldn't have been possible. And that's the, right. that's the rub. If you want to write your memories... I just call it memory writing anymore. Yeah. yeah. If you want to write your memories and bring them to life in the most vivid possible way that you'd want to do with your fiction, right? Where you yeah. can see everything and you're there in the moment with the characters. Yeah. 
you, nobody's got a memory like that. And moreover, like there's a sense of narrative that you have to have in a scene where you're flowing through it and telling a story. And, and, you, and you can only pick certain things, you know. We're in, in Rick's dining room right now. And uh, for me to convey that to our audience, I mean, I don't know. Would, it, would we? Do they need to see everything in this room? No. They got the, you know, the Grecian urn with the... You got Marcello's Frank Zappa T-shirt, right? Right. <laughs> right? That's that'd be worth seeing. Oh, Maybe yeah. I don't know. Some nice gladiolas over there. Really though, all, all we've needed to say, I suppose, is uh, that we're in this room. When people get a sense that we're all together, which is more than what they normally would have a sense. Hmm. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't, what I don't recall. Saying. What's the purpose of a memoir? Yeah. <laughs> what is the purpose of memoir? Yeah, I don't have the answer. Oh, Marcello closes his, he says, what's the purpose of memoir? And then he dramatically closes his laptop. <laughs> it's like, okay. Which is called a ThinkPad. You can go out and check on the meat and we'll carry on here. <laughs> right. But when a person writes memoir, are they expected to tell everything? Not describe everything, but tell everything about their lives. Even even the worst, very worst parts. That seems to I, be the best memoirs, doesn't it? When it's filled with grief and tragedy and yeah. sin and degradation. I don't know. Which huh? puts me out of the memoir. Business. I love that book, A Walk in the Woods. Now that's that's probably not considered memoir. Oh, Bill Bryson. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's travel writing, but, but it's, it's also memoir. It's a memoir. It it's just happens to be really funny. There's oh, it some is funny shit in it. Oh yeah. You know, I like I, I buy all of his books when they come out. His his, his uh, thing about Australia in a sunburned country, <laughs> and the whole book is about how everything in Australia is just trying to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great writer. He's very 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 funny. But memoir. that's not memoir. But we don't care if if he had that conversation or not on the trail. You know, it's because it's, it makes for a good story. Now, here's the thing that 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 bothers me. Do our lives really occur in dramatic arcs, or is this something like religion? Is this like an opium of the people that we're that we we flatter ourselves that our lives have this beautiful dramatic direction and purpose and epiphanic epiphanic moments that transform us and. Or is it just, you know, shit happens? Or do we read those memoirs? There are some of those memoirs, you know, it's not all stories and epiphanies and stuff. There's a lot of like, okay. Yeah, those are the boring ones. Well, I, I think there's a, there's a sense in the memoir that the memoir is supposed to discuss what it's about. What, you know what's what about? Well, if you're telling a story, well, what did it mean to you? And how, how do you feel about it now? You know, like that's embedded in. The idea of a memoir, not in the same way that in a uh, first-person short story that's recollected in tranquility, you have the implication that there's a writer now, as it were, at one point in time is penning something that happened a long time ago. So there's, you know, I've lived through this, and I'm telling... Mm. So this is my my take on the distant past, as opposed to the character actually inhabiting the past. For for the most part, we wouldn't want a a first-person narrator in fiction to stop and ramble for pages just in comment about how like you know my father may have treated me poorly 
Not the, just on that weekend vacation to Manitowish Waters, but where at the, the sky grocery was blue store. And, yeah. 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 Dad was an asshole. <laughs> I, think, I, I think what you're saying is the same, the same aesthetic has to apply to nonfiction as fiction. It has to be a, an interesting story. The details have got to be curated in some way, in some satisfying way. And once you're doing that, you're recreating... That's right. A memory into a new creation that has almost that you know it, it is about the thing that happened to you in in reality, mm-hmm. but it's different. It's a way you imagine, it's a way you sequence the sentences. So. You've chosen these particular dots to connect, yeah, in order to create this fictional arc. I'm going to say, and it's packaged as memoir because it sounds to me what you're saying, Mike, is that you're talking about the art of fiction or the art of writing itself. A right. narrative. Yes. Now, who gets the license to call it a memoir depends how famous or, or famous you think you are. Like the, I think I was reading the other day excerpts from Mussolini's memoirs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about fiction. Oh yeah. Self delusional, but I mean delusional, and that's what I expected reading Mussolini memoir. I didn't want the guy to sound coherent, cogent. Right. So when I picked it up after my brother suggested that, so I told him about that we were going to have this discussion about memoirs. He said, "Yeah, you got to check out Mussolini's memoir. Talk, you know, talk about fake news." Yeah, yeah. Well, look at Nabokov too, talking about you know famous writers. His what was his memoir? Uh, speak, speak memory, speak, speak memory. Right. And I and you have these meticulous descriptions of gardens in his childhood and these specific conversations he had with people and everything. And of course. Why would you doubt any of it? Because it's Navikov, and he's convincing you with every sentence that this is true. That's right. Until you pull back and say, well, wait a minute, no fucking way you could remember all that stuff. Well, yeah. But you had access to Oxford Dictionary, you know, you know all the reference books you could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Your memory's that good? No. No, it's not. But you don't care, right? Because- yeah, we need to clone it today. Because you're, dig- you're digging the heck out of this story. Right. And, and so could you take that and make it, just decide that it's fiction? Does it have, does memoir, does the element of the, does the fact that it's true, does that make up for something? Whereas in fiction, you have to convince everybody in, it's true. In memoir, you say, you stipulate it's true. But who decides, I think the question I have is then, is like, so you're calling what you're just, you, that you have just written fiction or are you calling a memoir? I mean, I'm addressing the writer. Yeah, I'm saying if you're a writer and you're, right, but say I'm you're saying writing like, right, who, who, who decides that it's fictional or a memoir, the person who's writing it? Yes. Or is it marketing? No, no, no. You, I think, I think so if you I, as a writer, you, you go in with a certain intention. You're, I, this is going to be fiction or Right, non-fiction. so I decide to write a fictional piece, but I'm using everything that it possibly, possibly can for my life. Yeah. For my memory. Right. But I'm going to put it into fiction. Right. Well, that's cool. <laughs> right. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> right. Over and over again, novelists who make it at least to the NPR interview stage of their career, you know? <laughs> you know, or the, that means that they're kind of... The end of their career. No, that's, that means it's good. That means at least the, your book publisher has gotten you on it, you know, so yeah. they give a damn about this book doing something. So when they go on there and they're novelists, invariably they're going to ask the novelist about their real lives, you know? Like, man, if you're from West Virginia or something, you write something, you write a novel set in West Virginia, it's like, well, how was it, what was it like when you grew up in West Virginia? I said, I don't, I don't remember. Read my book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah. just think like, like, uh, like you know, I, I know uh, Bonnie Campbell 
you know, who's a, who's been a finalist for the National Book Award and stuff. And she has donkeys, you know. Mm-hmm. And lots of times when they interview her, they're asking her about how she lives in the woods with the donkeys, you know. Like, that's equally as interesting as what she might actually have in her book. <laughs> no, I mean, that's not her fault. I mean, you know, I mean, that's just how they rule. Well, and, you, you know, know, she's kind of an intrinsically interesting character to begin with, right? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, just like my, so my experience, my first novel, The Right Man for the Job, is, you know, autobiographical. And the persona is kind of a guy from Wisconsin who can, you know, read, I guess, and articulate himself in a crude but, you know, interesting way. A way that you could follow, you know. So I went on interview after I went to a big media tour, the whole fucking nine yards. And that's all they asked me about was, you know, what was it like when I was on the streets of Columbus, Ohio, repossessing furniture, which is what happened. To the- which is what you yeah. had already read. Yeah, about. but it's a fucking novel. So, like the so shit what was it like? Well, here's my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then it was page but, eight. And just yeah. start reading for your book. But the right. book is clearly a novel. I mean, there's like the, the big dramatic events in the novel for sure did mm-hmm. not happen. Wait, you know, mm-hmm. okay. I spent a good deal of time, you know, working in that job for, <clears throat> for you know, mm-hmm. for Rental King in Columbus, Ohio, man, going into the, in the projects. You know, busting down doors, basically, and taking people's furniture. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's that book. Yeah, I did it for like a year and a half. Oh, I mean, like, I mean, fucking A, the shit I saw, you know? So tell me, what was it like? (laughs) I'll tell you what it was like. Now that we've got you here. (laughs) I'll tell you what it was like. I don't have time to read the book. (laughs) You just tell me. I was the only (laughs) white guy. What's your elevator pitch? (laughs) Here it is. I was the only, I was from Wisconsin. I was the only white guy in like, you know, like a 20 square block area of projects and low income housing and stuff like that. Side note, by the way, Mike Magnuson is very white. Yeah, I'm I'm the whitest guy. I walk into when you turn the lights off, you can see, man. I'm like, (laughs) you can see him when the dark. do what? (laughs) Yeah, and like it was just crazy. It was crazy the things you did on the job. Like I remember, I'm just having a flash weird memory that's not in the book. One day I show up on Saturday morning to work at eight o'clock. This guy comes, kind of hustling fast across the parking lot. He comes up, he says. Man, you look just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, and I'm like, well, I guess, you know, okay. And, but, you know, but I was thinking, like, wow, you know, I've been working out or whatever. <laughs> he goes, and he, didn't mean that. And he could see that I was like, yeah, man, thanks. Yeah. And he goes, so just because just cause you're looking so good, I'll sell you this stereo for 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden, the cops come around the corner and the guy's beating feet. He was like, Jesus <laughs> it was crazy, you know. <laughs> like a, the big, there's a big episode early in the book where they uh, they would we used the pizza box trick a lot of times. So you'd give a kid like a buck or something to go up to the front door of a house and ring the door, but the, the, we couldn't get into the house. Yeah, we'd have a kid pretend to be a pizza delivery, and then the door would open and we'd come flying through. No way. They grabbed their couches and shit. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Part of the repossessing. Yeah, we were repo, repo man. Yeah, we had to get in the house. I remember one time I repossessed a washer from a basement. <laughs> and I broke the pipe on the wall. It's fucking, there's <gasps> fucking water everywhere. <laughs> and you're, and you're, you got the washing machine on your back. Oh, my and you're, God. You're heading out the back door. Hoses dangling from it and shit. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and like some of some of the so like, and I started writing this 
Clark was in the workshop where I started writing yeah. this book. Yep. I turned it in as a as a memoir, as like a thing that happened to me, you know, like a a chapter, like a thing that went yeah. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Some people liked it, you know, but the professor, D- 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 Richard D- 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 Dick 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 Dickless Terrell, he uh, he was like, I just don't think this is effective memoir or something like that, right? And then he was like, you should just write this as a novel. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> that that means I don't have to take your class anymore. Turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I even I mentioned this in a previous podcast. Well, when I met Stuart Dybeck who's written a lot of short story collections about his you know, upbringing in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, so how much of that stuff in your stories has really happened to you? And he said, he said all of it. He said, I, I, I originally wrote it as a memoir, and then I decided to just make it fiction because it just frees me up. What yeah. does it matter if, I mean, the story stands, a, I think a story should stand on its own whether it's true or not. Mm. What, what kind of life lived requires or stands up to the standards of what should be memoir you know that's my point is, who, is who, your life maybe isn't so, intrinsically that heroic so you got to make up bullshit right to wow. make it that way unless I think unless he, you truly have lived a, a you know an exciting life you know like the guy that free climbed up the side of uh, el capitan out in uh, what was it, yosemite mm-hmm I yeah, mean, but that's a pretty boring story. Well, yeah, I don't you know. know. And then, <laughs> I, then I got another handhold. Over 3,000 feet up. And I, and I pounded a, a... Are those pythons or pitons? Pitons. They're pitons. Yeah, you could never know. He's too busy climbing to sit down and write a memoir. He didn't have those. He didn't use those. Oh, he didn't use pitons. No. See, oh, now, there's, up, right. now we've got some dramatic art He free-climbed the freaking whole side El Capitan? Of, yes, he free-climbed it. Is this the guy who with fell? nothing but his toes and his fingers, all the way up? It's been filmed. I was reading about it in the paper this morning. Or he was hanging by his. Well, well they, never they mind. were doing a live, uh, live uh, web. This feed, was this recent. That was a couple of years ago, I think. I think somebody just fell off of there. Probably trying so. to do I that. Think many people fall off of there. It's usually you know a one-time event but for that he, person. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't think anybody. There'll probably be a lot of people die if they try and mimic what he did. But what That's a amazing. feat. It made me sick to my stomach to look at it as he was up there. You know, they did the long shot. And there he was just working his way, minute by minute, up the face of that thing. Now, there's a person that should write a memoir because he's not done yet, you know. He's still out there doing it. Uh, I look at myself. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's enough fuel there to get a good memoir going okay. without bullshitting my way through most of it. So you need some dramatic event. So so how does this guy turn this story into a memoir? I mean, well, did, I climbed El Capitan with my with my knees, with my head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Mm-hmm. And, okay, and? Well, no, but it's, that's not... And? That's not... That's, the, a, that's an article. Know, that's pretty that's, good. That's yeah. one paragraph on the sports I, page. I'm saying you know? 50 years from now, he'll look back on a life that he's lived... It's not just that one event. Ah, this guy isn't done yet. That's the end. He'll be going to be climbing the right. rest of his life. He keeps free climbing. He's going he's to well, be done yeah, yeah, before could. his time. It could be a short story. I hope he's keeping <laughs> notes. I hope he's keeping notes. Speak the very acme way to go. It is an acme way. Well, I'm, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning the coyote with his fingers stretching out, 
right? <laughs> and that look on his face. And the and the the broken piano string sound effect. Bing. Bing. Acme delivery. And the little yeah. little puff of dust when he hits the ground. Right. And no and no sound. Just a <laughs> and then you just see the puff. <laughs> You know, oh. we, I think a lot of questions could be where Bob's going with this. I mean, what I'm hearing and listening to, it's like, what the, why? Why did you decide to climb El Capitan? <laughs> well, see, this with is nothing. A, <laughs> the tip of your fingers, the tip of your toes, you know, you know this doesn't never merit a, your this knees does. or whatever way you're climbing up. Where was the moment that this happened? Where were you? When you thought about this, were you oh. your bungalow in Santa Monica? Have <laughs> you just crossed? Yeah, I am you know? in Santa Monica. <laughs> so so, so we're mean, back to the we got nothing no, theme. No, no, we go back to Because what at some it, point, it's like I would, I'd never even thought about climbing El Capitan. And then suddenly, I must. I know, but you only need a page to tell that story. It depends. It depends on who you're telling you the story. You need a page to, to tell. It's, climbing it's El Capitan. Moby right. Dick. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That would be a fun anthology. Climbing, to do. climbing Moby Dick. We should we should do like a, a writing contest for Agme where it's like it's the one page Moby Dick contest from the point of view of the whale. <laughs> from the point of view of the whale. Can, no, you can do whatever you want. It, it has to be Moby Dick in one page. I, you know, I urge people to take the whale's point of view. We have never heard from Moby. He's probably a happy guy. He's gotten that would a be bad the rap. Thing. As it turns out, he's just like, hey man. He's gotten a bad rap. You know, I, I'm still wondering why the, the novel title is hyphenated, but the whale's name is not. Okay, that's a showstopper. <laughs> no, I, I actually was we'll be right back with- we, we were all trying to make up a joke. <laughs> you can see everybody. No, like, it was like, okay, we'll be dick joke, but <laughs> four days. No, but so your climber memoir is a, see, like, you know, there's like the problem with all this kind of Memoir stuff is classification. Okay, but there's a there's a now there getting, are books by sports figures right. and figures in popular culture that people are just interested in who they are. You know, the great ball yeah. player, the yeah. artist, the you know, political. the Lance Armstrong memoir. Yeah, what made you like do that. it? But that's yeah. not that's different from you know, I was in a car accident when I was seventeen, or some crazy thing happened in my life sometime, and I'm trying to capture this and how it's and assess how it's impacted my entire life that's sort of that's like the what you would call memoir in the no memoir academic world you know in the small press yeah and i know there's big presses that do books like that you know i, I never consume them I, i've written them i'm you know lummox for sure memoir heft on wheels for sure, memoir you know I, I, I but like you know like yeah. it's like it's like bike stuff I have never fucking read a book about bicycles, okay? Yeah. And I write about it, and then that's 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 been my secret. <laughs> I don't fucking read this shit. You know you what? Know? No, but so like, his so own, like, if you want to write heart wrenching memoir, okay? Do you study heart wrenching memoir to write that? I, I see. I, I think that I don't want to do that. No, you don't study it to write it. That's well. That's that's the, what the practice is. You be read. Oh, you, you mean know, that's you're talking about the MFA practice of studying uh, memoir and learning how to write yeah, or it. Anything the way you were, like acquiring genre, you know. Oh no, or acquiring a, a skill set. So this no, is kind of new to me. This, this thing of memoir. I haven't read any contemporary memoir. Are they using any fictional techniques? Like oh, are they yeah, dropping yeah, the sure, scene and sure. he says, she said, and 
Yep. It's got to be. Otherwise, it's just bland summary. But there's a there's like there's a, there like tends to be there tends to be essay. There tends to be a, a, a good bit of bland summary. I'd say, you know, like and, and it's it's stuff. It's talking about mom. Do we have any no. examples to reach for here? See, I wouldn't I'm know because I'm talking about them like I know about them, and I don't read that shit. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Hang on, I'm gonna go look. I'm gonna read you something that I found. Bowers piece. All we read is freaks. All right. What I see is an example, one I like that I read, and so the title piece is um, "All We Read Is Freaks" by William Bowers. It was published in 2010. And I'll just read the first part of it. Emily Dickinson has had a death grip on me, my, my imagination since I first encountered her by way of a lisping, born-again, junior high English teacher in Easley, South Carolina. So then the rest, the, the entire essay is about, you know, William Bowers as a community college teacher at Santa Fe in, in, in Gainesville, mm-hmm. community college called Santa Fe Community College, is teaching Emily Dickinson, a bunch of kids from Miami that couldn't get into UF. Yeah. Like, what's the great message? Exactly. It is a wonderful piece to read. Yeah. Extraordinary. Oh, okay. Extraordinary piece. The writing is dazzling. Um, it makes you care about Emily Dickinson. He makes, draws parallels with Emily Dickinson's life and the kids in his class. Yeah. And he's coming about this, and it's heartfelt because they don't share the same passion that he shared. So it's this struggle that is unique in the hands of a master writer. And you know, we, and here you're talking about essay uh, rather than a memoir. And I like that because it's a piece of nonfiction and you're finding out about the writer. Correct. But you're not finding out because he's telling you directly. You're finding out tangentially mm-hmm. because he's talking about this stuff and you're, you're kind of realizing, hey, well, what an interesting cat this guy is, right? And still, instead of him telling you, hey, I'm an interesting cat. Right. Yeah. And you're being taught Emily Dickinson. Yeah. Growing up in a kind of Bible Belt, South Carolina. Is, is where the value is. Right. And you're teaching right. in a sort of Southern university, or yeah. else, you know, outside of Gainesville, well, Gainesville Community College. Yeah. And that comes into, the, that whole theme comes in in his, in, his, in his essay. Yeah. About the South. And I think he's like, I grew up in a household that we were linked and chained to watching Oral Roberts. Right. <laughs> I mean, and then he, it's just like, okay, let's keep reading. Now, this isn't Madonna, you know what I mean? This isn't, um, you know, Berlusconi, or this isn't someone famous who's writing about their memoir. Oh, right, right, right. Eric Clapton. Eric I, I, Clapton. There is the archetypical bad, dramatic, irony memoir. I don't know if anybody has ever read his... I tried to find it around here, but I think we might have burned it. And Not bad, huh? The, well, it's, it's okay written, but he comes off as such an arrogant jerk... And you realize it's it's kind of Trump-like that you realize that he's not realizing a very a great deal of lack of self-awareness. I wish I had a passage to read, but anyhow, to the listener at home, go go ahead and yeah. and sample it on Amazon or something. You'll see what I'm talking about. I've always thought that Eric Clapton is way overrated to guitar player. So it would make sense. No He'd be like 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 here's They're here's here's, yeah, yeah, right. here's Jeff Beck. Right. Yeah. And Eric Clapton. They got about the same speed, you know. Well, not really. Jeff Beck's got about ten times the speed. I suppose, of, yeah. You know, they call Clapton slow hand. Yeah, so. yeah, for a lot of reasons, yeah. 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 I mean, he makes cocaine boring. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, I got to say, Eric Clapton, okay. you know, one of the, the, the Cream album was Sunshine of Your Love. That's good. That was like seminal for me. That changed my musical DNA. And so I didn't like think, oh, Eric Clapton is a rock god. Oh, the band. That band, band. And he Jack was Bruce, it was only you know. three people. Ginger Baker on drums. Oh, yep. that was playing a drummer on, had a lot to do with playing it. Playing oh, on yeah. one and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gets away with that? Yeah. <laughs> Ginger Baker. Yeah. I know. Sunshine of my yeah. sunshine of my love. Love. Yeah. Sunshine of your love. Let the sunshine. Let the sun. Well, whatever the case Here comes the today. sun. We're doing sun songs tonight. It, <laughs> Call, please feel free to call in your favorite sun song while we take a break. Let's take one. Let's take a break. Right. Okay. Been Operators are standing by. Things on our commercial for the Happy we'll Walk, back. Happy Walk Walkers. <laughs> happy Walk Walkers. Happy Walk happy Walkers. Walk walkers. Our, our sponsor. Hello. This with, is with your mother doing the testimony. This is Siri, on behalf of the Acme Writing Academy, reminding you, the listener, that you are invited to send your comments, criticisms, and questions to the Acme mailbag at this easy-to-remember address, acmewritingacademy at gmail.com. We will be reaching into the mailbag to give you possibly the chance to pose your question on the air to the members of the Academy. Once again, that's acmewritingacademy at gmail.com. Acme Writing Academy, the Acme of Writing Academies. Acme Writing Academy at gmail.com. Come Acme, 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 Toy Boat, Toy Boat, Toy Boat, Toy Boat, Toy Boat. Okay, we're back. And uh, we, we've been talking about memoir, and I think we're like, we've said the word too many times. It doesn't yeah. mean anything anymore. So let's, uh, how are we going to get out of this? Well, we're going to let Mr. Webster have the final word on this. Jesus okay. Here's what he has to say. What makes a memoir a memoir? A memoir is defined as any book that comes from a collection of memories. From the Finch, memoir, is that right? That is good idea. <laughs> but, it, but it refers to more than that. Anytime a, per- <laughs> any, anytime a person writes from their own personal knowledge or special sources, it is memoir. Voila. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, we're not waiting no. any minute. No, 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 no. no. no, no. <laughs> no we're done, pal. Okay. As Napoleon III put it, enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this is one thing that's for sure. You know, like we, we may have stumbled around a little bit trying to get to where we need to get to, but every one of us. In the Acme Writing Academy, writes based on our lives in a certain way. No, that's true. Right. Yes. You know, which I mean, is what I thought about when you were reading that quote from yeah. Merriam-Webster. But doesn't that seem true? Yes, it does. But it applies to fiction as well. Why well, do we do it as fiction? It's, it's, like, you know, it's autobiography. Uh, autobiography is a person's life from A to Z. Right. Yeah. This is my life. I started out, you know, as a baby and whatever. <laughs> Memoir is events okay. taken from that life. And strung in, together in, in a, remembrance, a narrative. In remembrance by the author who lived the life. It's, it's events, not, not a linear, and then I did this, and then I did that, you know, a day-by-day blow or whatever. Like Brett Kavanaugh's you, diary. You pull events sure. from... <laughs> From your life, yeah, Brett Kavanaugh's okay. uh, calendar, yeah. Incidentally, the uh, audience should Ooh. know that this is the week of the Brett Kavanaugh 
Yesterday, yes. yesterday yes. was the debacle. Yeah. Yesterday, mm-hmm. Thursday, today. Uh, you know, let's let's not go. There. We weren't. I'd rather get... talk about memoir than right, right. right. <laughs> we won't memoir. get political. Memoir. But but no. So you can write a memoir that's totally linear, linear. You know, you know that, that has a nice arc no, and that yeah. takes. You well, know. Yeah. So you're but, saying you're so why are we? Why did like and I I have written memoir and yeah. let me tell you I did it because I get paid right. to do it. Exactly. It was not my choice. You couldn't I, pay me to do memoir. Right. Exactly. I mean, you wouldn't pay me to do memoir. No, but I mean, I, I was I was a trained novelist. <laughs> it's fine. But there was money in writing stories about yeah, myself. I, I understand that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what I want to do is I want to write fiction, and and there's elements of made up stuff in my memoir as well, you know. Yeah. But all of us, our preferred mode of writing would be fiction. I think, right? Yeah. Yes. The yes. made up world. Yet, uh, yet what we're writing about is stuff that comes from our lives down to the freaking right where we're living right now. Yeah. Right. Yep. So why do we want to make it into fiction? Why don't we want to represent our lives as they are? I mean, it's, before I was told a definition of fiction, like when I was a little kid and I, I took it for granted what it was. My dad was such a notorious liar. Ah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that fiction is that he's forming these lies into a narrative to get something out of it. So there you go. So what I was, I would listen to my dad and I was witness to actually what had happened, but then you know, listen to his pitch when he was lying and I was always supposed to be, yeah, oh, Tom, Tom, you were there and I would change it. I'm like, you got that part wrong. It was actually red. Oh yeah. You see, you see my, my mm. source is better yeah. than I, he's a better mm. source than myself. Yeah. <laughs> Classic move. But it was the forming and the construction of the lie. That fascinated me. And I got that from listening to my dad's lies because I was part of his life and I knew what the truth was mm-hmm. and how he put that shit together. I don't know. I mean, that's all I, I know as a writer is fiction. That's excellent. You're, you know fiction because your dad was a chronic liar. Yeah. Interesting. Inside and out. <laughs> I, like, I like that. So Writers don't write, set out to write memoirs. Writer yeah. who has written novels can turn out, write a memoir but I don't think you're going to set out as a writer to write a memoir. I have to draw the line in. Well, I don't know. Okay, There's so someone lo- who's writing a memoir, and it sounds like the pejorative bejar- the term here is fiction, right? Well, I'm is, starting is to think the pejorative word is memoir. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I think in a way it should There's be. A, what do you call the memoirist or the memoirist? I, th- I think Either memoir way, should be. You're screwed. Is, is, should that person know as a writer the difference between first person, second person, third person, omniscient? When they drop in the scene, archetypes, mm-hmm. should they know, you know, the, what is it, the Freitag pyramid or the modular form of writing? Should they have all this thinking process going on in their memoir? The Freitag pyramid? Understanding this and applying it or one way or the other addressing it, the Freitag beginning, middle, end. Oh, that's- I don't know. I've read a lot of memoirs. It's all denouement. All denouement. Yeah, it's like, like it's just, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just listen, like, it started here. It kept on going down. That's right. Yeah. The, well, axe, you know, the, thing the, was, the blade is always falling. Right. right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They know that story by Roger Robert Stone called Helping? Do you, do you know that? Terrific. It's a, no, it's I've a, never read that. Excellent. It's a kind of like a 35. It's a long, short story about a, a guy who hasn't had a drink for 18 months, and it's the day he just he just wanted a candy bar when he was at work. And he, he was a Vietnam vet, and there was some homeless guy he's a psychologist was telling him about being in the nom when the kid couldn't have been there you know oh and somehow yeah. he just has a drink and then he goes home and it and it's just 
<laughs> standing outside when it's snowing. Yeah. <sighs> well, for four guys that we're done talking about memoir, we've yeah. talking about memoir. You know. Well, see, Just that's the thing. The fact that you're backing off of the microphone oh, doesn't sorry, mean yeah. that you're not talking about <laughs> memoir. <laughs> sorry. Well, you know, I, I, I've written some stuff, a lot of stories about my uh, Croatian heritage and my grandfather who came from Yugoslavia to avoid World War I when he was uh, 17. And um, <sighs> <laughs> It's been a long day. Lost my train of thought. Long, long. No, day. see, this is I love this. So we're, we're talking about. Remember, we we're can't talking remember, about memory, right? Yeah, we <laughs> can't remember what a guy said like twenty minutes ago. You know, like, what? that's exactly yeah. the point. Yeah, right. I'm happy to be the fall. What guy. was that chant we were doing last night? It was uh, uh, the, the the anchovy, <laughs> the anchovy, anchovy, no, anchovy, 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 anchovy. <laughs> so I guess we do all remember that. <laughs> yeah. Embarrassing. See, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I wrote, I, wrote, shows. I, wrote, I wrote down the Declaration of Independence for Anchovia. <laughs> I'm saying we looked into last evening and we chose the one detail that's funny that makes us look really smart and funny. Wow. And yeah. did not mention all the other stupid shit smart. that we had to say around the table. No, we right. were. It was. It so was quite witty. So we made witty. ourselves. We're mythologizing ourselves. That's what you're doing. There, when that's you're writing, the thing. you're mythologizing yourself. Yeah. And and when you write in, in fiction, then you have the liberty of not being tied down to exactly. Anything, you right? can be as grand as you care to create. Yeah. Not you. Your character. Wink, wink. You. <laughs> Ignatius. Right. Confederacy of dunces. That's. I was. I was wanted to be Ignatius. Oh. With the loot. And like, how how that. true was that, that a John Kennedy tool? You know, mm-hmm. how, how how true? How much was that based on his experience running totally. around as a fat he, kid? In New he was Orleans? an arrogant asshole, and he was and he, he, was cre- and he you know made lemonade out of it. That's right. Yeah, great book, right? Ignatius Riley. But so, like, I mean, I I think we just got to admit that that we write from our experiences, and like our our work is all all of our. Stuff is based on stuff that we saw or lived. Jesus Christ, Clark, Clark, Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. But, but why yeah. don't you write? Why don't you just write a book about being in Nam? You know, like like your memoir of being in. You were in Nam. Yeah. yeah. People want to hear your story. Yeah, I don't More think so. You know, I really don't think so. And I don't think my my time over there was any more exceptional than anybody else's. You know, right. um, I would I would feel. Uh, Foolish even attempting to write memoir about that. Now, I've written Vietnam stuff. I always said in Flowers of the Dinba that I went back in that book and wrote Vietnam the way I wanted it to be, the way it should have been, you know, not the way it was. Was it memoir or No, it was fiction. Total, right. total yeah. fiction. May I ask yeah. you a question yeah. about Flowers of the Dinba? Yeah. You will recall there's a character named bastard the monkey the monkey yeah. the quonset hut yeah there. epic yeah and like and dudes are taking pot shots at him and stuff mm. now 
I recall going on bike rides with you, and you seemed to be reporting that as if like that was actually occurred. At some yeah, point. he was. He, there's a monkey jerking off. The, the monkey, yeah, uh, yeah. The monkey was bastard. Was was real. <laughs> all the other, all the other characters are kind of a composite of of guys that a I bastard. know. Yeah, and he was always he was always jerking off. You know, he was two little two little fingers away. He'd hold a cigarette. You know. <laughs> He, was, he just sat there and worked. Which says something about his manhood, right he there. To, yeah, he's, he's he'd sit there and work. <laughs> the filthy little son of a bitch. Oh, it's funny, but like, so like, that's really happened. I mean, you told me we, the first time I heard that story, you yeah. were telling it to me. So, and I was pissing my pants. In laughing. the book, I put him in. I put him in the CQ shack right. on the first sergeant's desk. You know, right. that didn't happen, but. Bastard was real, and jerking off was what he did to kill time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a memoir. It's true. Oh, it's true. No, not no. what you said, but what he's doing. No. Yeah. Boy, I could just see a, a memoir about jerking off. That that would be a big seller in the marketplace right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really what monkeys do. No, I don't think. So. I think. Pudding. Pudding. <laughs> a memoir. <laughs> Follow up. Chat book. Rice pudding. Oh, no. Oh, oh, now, oh, now you're that. appropriating, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You're appropriating. <laughs> and finally, last installment of blood pudding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What's, what's our temperature? You don't eat your meat. Yeah. What is you don't it? Get How can you pudding? have your pudding if you don't eat your meat? <laughs> we have, word, pudding. I should point out we have we have beef on the grill, slow smoking. Yes. So we need yeah, to we're, check. We're at one twenty six right 126? now. One twenty six internal okay. temperature. I mean, tend to carry over once you remove it from. So, some people use clocks to time their podcasts. We use the the rising temperature of meat. So this meat. is what we're going to do, right. ladies and gentlemen. At one thirty, at one thirty three, we're wrapping it up. We Good. are carnivores, okay. right? That's right. And then we'll get. We have a twenty minutes on the. You know. See, now, now you guys. Oh, actually, we you wish play. you were here. I'm telling you, man. We have got <laughs> a freaking three inch porterhouse. Porterhouse, custom cut, four pound prime. Pu- yeah, custom cut by Juan the Butcher in yeah. Santa Monica, California. That's yeah. right. It's it's a yeah. dope ass thing. Yeah. And Mar- Marcello's going to be doing some cooking. We may we may actually probably in this. We might in, do a in, cooking show. Yeah, we that might have. I think good. we I need think, to do a cooking show. I I don't see why we wouldn't. Okay, if you the listener would like to hear us do a cooking show, please call in now. The lines are open. Operators are standing by. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What was that? Is somebody calling? <laughs> Wait, it's the Wait, phone. It's my mother. <laughs> oh, it's mom. Mike's mom, the wrestler. It's his Jerry Lewis <laughs> telling you to stop it. Okay. Uh, so I tell you what, folks, we're gonna we're gonna eat dinner and then uh, try to remember what we had been talking about. Uh, right. I just, Wait, get, I just can't wait to now? use a knife. Go, we, we can go a little further, can't we? Oh, can we? All right, let's. What's, yeah, what's we're at one twenty six. Preparation one twenty six. Okay. We got another. We got another eight degrees. That's right. Eight yeah. degrees and eight degrees of separation. And Mike Magnus' obsession with writing about tacos and carnitas. Yeah. Well, we're you're going, not Mexican. I'm Mike. not as we're going for tacos. You're not tomorrow. Mexican. My, my, you cannot my write buddy. about that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> I like tacos. 
My name is Jolo Mayne. You waiter. Shit. Beat See, no, but you've got a you've got a good issue there. Yeah. You know, appropriation of of taco culture. You trying to buy mm-hmm. you trying to write about my culture? Right. I don't give a fuck. I mean, this is the thing about tacos. Like, I'm not wearing a sombrero out of my birthday or something. <laughs> I did actually. I played in a band when I played in the Mountain Cadets with uh, John Reinbold and, and Mike Humphreys. We go. <laughs> Wisconsin mariachi. No, we put a we put a big fucking mariachi. <laughs> Jesus, I'm telling you, if we didn't have cultures to appropriate, we would be like we'd sit, have no culture sit, at all. We'd be sitting around in in church all day, knitting. I'm telling you, and not drinking. My people and judging man. everybody. Mm. Oh, some, wait a minute, that is about a third of our country, mm. isn't it? Oh. Right. Okay. I don't judge anybody except the judge. I'm sorry, but I'm finding this, I'm finding this topic way too phallocentric. Phallocentric? <laughs> fallow. Fallow. Like he's a jolly good fallow? No, like in phallus. <laughs> oh, he's a jolly good fallow. Phallocentric. <laughs> he's a jolly good phallus that he's nobody a- can deny. <laughs> that, that was the Georgetown Prep cheer song. <laughs> <laughs> So do we get the right about the cultures that we're not part of? Well, I'm not part of any cultures. What am I going to write about? I'm like a suburban white guy who plays James Brown in a band. Yeah. Right? Whose favorite artist is Aretha. Bless her her soul. Let's look at appropriation more from a human mentality. The the human species. And all its glorious manifestations. Exactly. How do we get by? Let's think about how we eat. How do you learn how to cook? How do you learn how to hold the food in your hand that you're going to eat? How do you use your tent? Like how do you use the tools to to make food? So you saw somebody do it, and then you copied them. And that's true of brushing your teeth and wiping your ass. I mean, like like everything we do. Is based on somebody showed you how to do something, and then you did it. But however, there was one thing you can't appropriate, and that's the color of your skin, right? And you can't appropriate the the kind of life that means that person is going to live, depending on the color of their skin in this country. I don't think it's appropriate for a white writer to write an entire novel from the point of view of a black man. I don't think you can do it. Oh, I don't think it's right. You oh, you can do it, but I don't think it's right. I think it's uh, it, it's the same as trying to appropriate the color of the skin and what it means to live under the color of that skin. And we all know that uh, you know if you're not white. Well, I hope this is a temporary you know, moratorium. I hope it's a temporary moratorium. Then you know it should be that the point doesn't need to be made anymore. And then you can go about the the job of telling stories. Think of the Shakespeare plays and where the characters were from and how well, he's appropriating, no. he's appropriating he everything. Yeah. Yeah. Boccaccio, he was taking over all this. So, so is he appropriating everything or does he just have a sophisticated understanding of the world? Yeah, but he's doing it for a reason. You guys use an example. You appropriate something as, as a learning, you know, they taught me how to cook. Great. But there's a moment that you're, you're appropriating with a purpose as Shakespeare was doing. You're doing. I mean, when you already learned all the skills. You gotta eat. Right? Tell me you, you gotta eat. But you extend that argument into a conscious decision that's based on art, 
Mm-hmm. I think that's only that, that that example has its limitations. So, are you criticizing Shakespeare for appropriating? No, absolutely not. I'm I'm no, bringing I, a question the example you guys use at the beginning oh, oh, okay. of like you know well you have to learn it from somewhere. That's how we learn. That's great. Yeah. I also learned how you know you can say the same thing about anything, anything. Yeah, but so it, it's but, not, but now it's, it's now you're you're making a conscious artistic decision, right? You're appropriating. For purpose. So if you tell you're putting it into a form, whatever maybe a play or whatever it is, but could it be? And you're, the, the, and you're going to be questioned for it. So well, take, here, here, I, 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 I went to a talk about this this summer, you know, by the legendary Kwame Dawes, who's like the emperor of poetry or something. You know, when he appears in public, he has a scepter. <laughs> you know, well, actually, it's not true. He has like, he actually has an Emmy too. Believe it or not, really? Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he's got a cell phone as well. So that's, that's and a cell phone. Yes, he's kind of he's got a he's got the glow going and stuff. But he gave a talk on, and he's from Jamaica by way of Africa. Really great, great, great writer and thinker, you know. And he gave a talk on appropriation that I listened to this summer, and he he conceded the point that you can do whatever you want to do. Like if you can successfully inhabit a character and create a world, and it's all you know. Whatever you have the right to do that, and you should do that. But if we're going to complain about it, <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. If somebody takes offense and takes you to task, well, that that's possible with, too. It goes with the territory. That's right. The consequences of what, of your speech. Fifty, sixty years ago, you couldn't take offense. Nobody would think about it. You know, so it's probably yeah. good for the for that this moment to happen. You know, but man, I want to get past it. I, I, want, I, want, I want to have unlimited ability to write about any character and go inside and inhabit their body. I Anybody. Think, I, I mean, think Kwame's point is that if you can do that successfully, then do it. Right. And but he, if, but, but, if, but, but people still may bitch about it, though. And that's well, the, that's no, if, the you've, deal. if you've done it well, then you don't have to worry about people. You know about like the confessions in that turn? William Styron, you ever read his book? Yeah. Yeah, they took the. Yeah. Black narrator, you know, and William Styron was very white, you know. Great writer, Jesus fucking God. And that's a great book, you yeah. know. But it it offended a lot of people, you know. You know, Stephen Foster did it in music, too. Oh, yeah. In the 1850s. Campdown racist. All, the, all these, you know, old, old Black Joe. Gone mm. are the days of the cotton fields back home. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is Stephen Foster writing this stuff. He was the like the first professional songwriter that right copyright law he made his money writing songs wow you know it was the first time that you could do that for a living and and what he's he's writing rewriting uh negro spirituals <laughs> i know but like just think of but that they're though. great songs think of that though man like i, I remember first hearing like the latin band you know uh-huh. like i'm from milwaukee we did not have one okay they didn't play it on the radio you know and it was like it was like you know Latin fusion, you know that kind of thing. Like, oh my fucking god! The next day, you know that's what I'm doing on my drum set, trying to work out samba sure. patterns. Sure, you know, right? And, and then yet yeah, I wanted it's okay. Like, I want you're not stealing it from them. No, I cult- want to do that. No, but it's cult- it's cultural <laughs> transmission. You know, you're not. It's not like yeah. then you're going to go do an album of samba rhythms. It's going to put them out of business. Right, but I would you know? love to do that. I would love to do a Latin record. You yeah. know, the timbali. Right. Tito Puente. 
This is so wrong. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I like, can do it. Like, I feel like BB King talking to Ry Cooter. <laughs> what? What? You're gonna do what? Well, I don't. I don't know who either one of them guys are. I know. BB King or, or Ry Cooter. <laughs> <laughs> who are those guys? <laughs> Some kind of cats. <laughs> well, but you know, I'll tell you what. Here's the thing about Stephen Stephen Foster. You know, he wrote all these. Approach, appropriationist songs. Mm-hmm. And then he's got the song, Hard Times Come Again No More. Oh, hard times come again. I don't know if you know the song, but so not too long ago, Mavis Staples recorded it with just her and a piano. And she's singing uh, a fake Negro spiritual written by Stephen Foster, but, but through her enculturation, she sells this thing and makes it the Negro spiritual that it was intent, that it was... Right, right. The, the fake thing became the real thing when she sang it. Well, yeah. okay. a, this is a very difficult, very difficult time. Well, is, Mike brought up the whole thing yeah. about you know Latin music and I guess what we consider Hispanic culture mm-hmm. here in the North Americas. And... Um, it's interesting to hear it from me being Argentinian or Hispanic, I guess. And then I guess it's like a good, a good thing would be this, right? I'm always mistaken for a Mexican. So they, someone's always coming up to me, hey, we're having, when you come over tonight, we're going to have tacos and we're going to have rice and, and refried beans. And Oh, like, and they've mistaken and, that for Mexican food. No, they've mistaken that for Argentinian food. Wait, you're me, not, they, you're not mistaken, Mexican? No, I'm not Mexican. I thought everybody no. like, no, you speak thought, Spanish, right? Yeah, no. Aren't you? Not? But no, I mean. Then you must be Guatemalan. That's what I was thinking. No. He's from Guatemala. No, from El Salvador. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to tell somebody I was born You know what? I got to change the bios on the website. <laughs> born, in, <laughs> born in Guadalajara. <laughs> and educated in Chihuahua. Okay, note to self. And our Mexican brother, Marcello. <laughs> Strike that. Chulo. 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 Okay. Okay, I think we and I think we're going to get back to what you said about the the Jamaican poet. What Kwame Kwame, Kwame does? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, just get it fucking right. Don't make a fool of yourself. If I if I'm reading a white writer or someone who's appropriating, mm-hmm. and you're and it's you're getting it all wrong. And if you're really good at like the way the Brits were, like Wilkie Collins, and when they were appropriating Indian culture, they were writing it so well that the Indians believed it. Well, so India. After what what they had done is with their literature created in India that didn't exist, and the Indians themselves right. had to fit into oh. it. And they bought it. And they bought it. Wow, it's imperial fiction. And it's it's. Uh, I've heard you get at this before. That it's really really interesting. Fascinating. I'm not critiquing it. I'm not saying oh no. those horrible Brits and imperialism no, no, no. and all. No, no, no. Then- that is a culture that appropriated and redefined romantically, sentimentally, and whatever you want to call it. A entire culture, they 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 created such a literature that was so true that even Indians began to appropriate this fiction. So, right. So <laughs> it was like inverse cultural appropriation. It was like an inverse <laughs> cultural appropriation. That's they the British. That's it. the British. They imposed they, their culture on, on. I mean, have you seen the movie Dunkirk? Yes. Yeah. How the fuck did the British pull off a defeat? A movie. Into like a heroic moment. Oh, it's, it's oh, exactly. 
Hey, they always right? pull that shit. It's awesome. Right. I know. It's Don so Kirk has always been looked at as one of the great things, you know. Yes. Hitler let him go. I think that's well, that's yeah. what's important to remember. Right. But I'm saying he kind of thought that he was, was like fail. the English. He respected him. I yeah. think Marcello yeah, thought did. they could work together. Like we could, could have, he, we could be partners. He considered them pure, like the Germans. Yeah. I think Marcello's point is it was a clear fail on the part of the British. Right. You know, here we are, all, all the way to. Oh, look, the ocean. <laughs> oh, and the best part you when you listen to History Channel, yeah. channel narrated by a Brit. Uh huh. You know, Winston Churchill is a genius. He was. Yeah. In certain no, but not the time. You know, I mean, if, if you start looking at the, their, their new History Channel footage, which give you a more realistic, and it's actually a better representation of what struggles that this Churchill actually went through and how the failures almost ended his political career. And then, but to, 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 to turn into appropriate a narrative that, and you just clean it all up yep. and make it consistent and linear, and these are the, all the terms that we use, uh, that's bullshit. It doesn't right. even merit the term fiction as an artist. No. So- so that's what I'm critiquing. Yep. You know, it, it's just this summary by hindsight, 2020 vision. History is written by the victors. Is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it what is. happens when the victors are all dead? Well, they've made movies about it. <laughs> There's only so many victors living in town. <laughs> and the, the victors you know, are all dead. That, that, you know what? That's right. In, in the, 100 years, they'll all be dead. In the Brits' Heroes defense, are not. you know, they, they did manage to get 300,000 of their own troops back across the channel, and some French troops, too. It's a, it's Due a to a lot story. of different it was factors. A, it was a heroic moment. Oh, not, yeah, not, the not Brits to, chipped not, in. Not to Argentinians or, or, or of Spanish origin who lost the Spanish Armada with the with the defeat by the British. Oh, don't go on. Oh, no, wait a minute. Spanish Armada. Like that. That's okay, like blaming geez. the Clintons, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to mention Monica Lewinsky here, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Parallels. Come on. That's, a whole, that's already been litigated. <laughs> that's already been litigated. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Maybe it needs to be re-litigated, but well, that's I probably thought, another I show. thought she was nice. Who? Who <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> What? Tito Fuentes. <laughs> I thought Tito Fuentes was very nice. I guess we're we're spending we're not getting into this anymore. What do you mean we're not getting it? Yeah, we are. I yeah, think are. I think it's I think it's it's so difficult to talk about that it's hard to find a way in. To, to talk about what? Appropriation. Yeah, I mean I I fun I fundamentally We're still I, talking I, about I that? Like, well we yeah. appropriate yeah, listen, we, we appropriate here and it's great because when you travel abroad and I back, back when I go back to my own country. And I'm explaining to Argentinians uh-huh. how we appropriated the image of the American Indian. Yes. Because, because in Argentina, did. it's unfathomable to consider the indigenous Indians as anything of the equal status to the Creoles or colonizers or Spanish. No yes. way. You know, well, that's pretty much savages. the way it is it's still, here, too. It's still that. No, well, today we're, you know, we'll say we're part Cherokee or you know, the Sioux oh, or you know, the Battle of This. I mean, it's becoming yeah. part of our history. It's they got the, in a very it's like a cool thing. In a very, like Elizabeth yeah. Warren, you know, in, in a very you know, in, in, the, in the beginning was the word. There was Cherokee in Argentina. No, it was Mapuche. Uh, <laughs> that's right, Mapuche. It was Mapuche, the originators of the Charango. <laughs> no, but the they, famous Charango. Did they the dance is, the famous Charango? The thing is, when I do bring this shit up in Argentina, I'm actually trying to make a point that to my fellow Argentines, that U.S. <laughs> At least now I know how you say it. 
Listen, at least over here. I heard him say it about 20 different ways. Argentines? We're tra- <laughs> <laughs> Except for that, was it the uh, Cigar Indian? Yeah. <laughs> that's a great piece of history. Oh. Oh, See, yeah. that's a, that's a, that's like the Indian test pattern on TV. That's right. You've seen, you've seen that, right? Oh, yeah. The big chief with the mm-hmm. headdress mm-hmm. and then all the test patterns that they calibrate their video to. I mean, back in the day. Remember, remember the commercial? The guy who was the chief in the, and one who flew over to Cuckoo's, Cuckoo's Nest? Yeah, the chief. And remember he had that commercial? Chief Romden. And he was, a tear was coming in his eye because what we were doing to the Hudson River. That was a different oh, yeah. Indian. Di- no, yeah, that, that was wasn't a different Indian. That wasn't. Uh, that true. Was, that wasn't. But Indian re- mentioned as represented nature. Look what you've done to my what right. I've given you. Right. Appropriation. Come on. I mean, if you're going to write fiction, think about something. You're going to be critiqued. Yeah. And you're Maybe it's a different because thing. believe me, all of these all of these Indians weren't like sitting out on the mesa every night thinking, "Oh my land, my people, my." Right. You know, there there's like this like, hey, what's for dinner? Right. <laughs> You know, all right, kill, uh, kill the buffalo today. Right. No, that, I mean, well, that's right exactly there, what we're doing are, tonight. Because people are people. And and you can't even say that anymore because that's like saying all lives matter. You know, but in the context of oh, this. Oh, right. I, I see what you mean. You yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. But but it's it's true that, it, that, that uh, okay, I'm working on, I'm, I'm writing these stories about my Croatian family. And some of it is set in the 1930s. And we even talked about this once, Bob, at workshop. And you said, well, they don't seem to necessarily be speaking in the idiom of the time and so forth. I remember that. Right. And and you're absolutely right about that. And I don't want them to be because I want them, instead of being, we think of our ancestors as being these two-dimensional tintype photos I want them to be just as funky and sassy and sh- shit talking as we are, right? Right. So these are it's, it's like for me, and this is you know we talked earlier about why do you want to write something? To me, I want to take my family that I've seen in a two dimensional fashion, and I want to reimagine them as real people kicking up their heels for oh. whom life matters, and they take chances and. So on and so forth, instead of just being my staid grandparents who were always old, you know. I have to, I don't know what my point was, but no, uh, you're saying that I was thinking about probably maybe where I go play tennis in South Florida, I rent a ball machine for an hour, and I go and practice. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to left with my, with my life. You don't even <laughs> have somebody to. You hit the ball, ball to machine. You? That's it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I even like you know put yeah. a wig on it and right. put it make it look like macaron. And- C- Clark's like- nodding his head over there, and that's what starts Clark, the worry. No, he's Clark. just like, yeah, yes. but I like put a wig on it. That's I mean, nice. yeah, put a wig on it. It's great, right? Oh, Clark, Clark's been in there. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. There's a there's a guy. There's a um, a tennis trainer or professional a pro. Yeah, tennis pro. Tennis pro. Oh, right. And he's thick, you know, Russian or accent you know he's yeah. zagreb or you know very very thick and he's yelling <laughs> eastern orders, european eastern european yeah zagreb and he's training Russia, and he's okay. training these people and he's wearing this like this he's like covered like a mummy because his son's gonna eat him up and he's full of you know 50 weight um sunblock and he's telling the, the, his pupil that america is going to be great again with a russian accent oh america someday will be great again 
Wow. And yeah. he's telling them. That kind of resonates. And this guy appropriated this really right wing. And this, he, well, and, a great and, he, and, he's, and he's sitting yeah. there. And, and I just wanted to go over and ask him, I go, when did you become an American citizen? Because, you know, he wasn't born here. Oh, mm-hmm. then he starts doing the whole thing about, he was telling the person, well, Obama wasn't even born in this country. I go, well, you, you know, fucking were you, dude? Yeah. <laughs> oh. But appropriation, I mean, it's yeah. fascinating. Now, we can't have a writer like that in a story. I mean, a character like that in a story without right. him being judged. I mean, that's going to be some... No, you, you got, got, you got, you got, to, got to, to pull you some in your story, but you got to do due diligence, right? To where you're not just you know painting a stereotype. I'm not that you're. You I'm know, fascinated. You have an end into this. You've researched it. You irony, have an dramatic irony that I'm picking up here. Yeah, yeah. So oh. anyhow, I think we're I think we're going to take another break at this point. Right. If I'm not mistaken, the meet's about done. Is it? I'm counting it down. Judy. Let me see. What are you doing? 20 minutes? What? Oh. Put them up. All right. All right. That's it. We'll be back. We're going to break for dinner now, which gives me a chance to remind you that you're listening to Mike Magnuson, Bob Clark, Marcello Vasquez, and yours truly, Rick Crisman, coming to you from Santa Monica on day one of the Acme Writing Academy's California Adventure. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Okay. I'm per- good right perfect there. Perfect for me. Yeah. Good for you guys. Bean bop. Uh, was it good for you too? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I wasn't. It's like, <laughs> I'm serious, man. Like, we finally get a decent professional setup here, and you guys turn into instant prima donnas. I can't believe it. No. Oh, my headphones are so I can't hear you. I know. I can't hear you. Oh. <laughs> prima donna? No, I'm kidding. It's, no, you aren't. Well, well, who it's was, a recording who was studio prima, joke. When did Madonna start? So when, when, when prima was Don- pre-Madonna? No, no, I meant penultimate Donna. Fecundity Donna. Fecundity. Yes, fecundity. That's good. This is, you know what? This has gone south way sooner than I thought it would. <laughs> we might as well just sign off. <laughs> no, please. No. Stay right, and, and it, speak the truth. <laughs> All right. The floor is yours. Well, we've uh, we've definitely, you know, stuck our asses in a bunch of topics we shouldn't have this evening. Appropriation. Yeah. So it, me and Marcello and I still got a little bit of hostility over this yes. shit. I know. He's like, yeah, hey, you man, you just take everything. Freaking Scandinavian. Right? I never right. even thought about Scandinavians. They're the ultimate appropriators. Oh, yeah. Like, you think the British Empire was good? The Vikings would just row into your town. Yeah, well, and then they would stay there and decide, oh, it's kind of nice. I love the view. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, they showed you down with the town. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But they left. No, they stayed. There's, they're, they're, they'd stay for, and that's why there's yeah. like blondes on the Spanish coast. Yeah. If if you live in an area where you're eating salted cod and stuff, you know, maybe you want to get, maybe you want to go have fresh olives or something. So you roll. <laughs> and, but are, can are you can play it. Fresh olives. More to, metaphorically, or? I don't know. What, what are you talking about? It, stop before it gets into bananas. Whoa. Hey, man. <laughs> No Scandinavian wants to eat banana. I don't know. That's what they all say. That's <laughs> okay. So that's just because they've never tried a banana. <laughs> no, they like plantains. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> from, oh, you got to be Puerto Rican to get that one. Yes, Bofungo. Harry Stillborn. Duluth. Duluth. I think yeah. I think it would be nice to go to Duluth. You know, I think well, we should put this out there right now. Is if anybody with the Duluth Chamber of Commerce or anything wants to bring us to record a podcast. We would come to Duluth. We could We'd bring come fame to and, and renown to the town. We could talk about the art and literature we, of the area. We know? don't need we need, you don't need to fly us business class, but we would like premium economy. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll yeah. send me back premium economy. I'll call immigration on my ass. Put us up in a nice hotel. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. So, like, we're going to pick up Marcello at the airport, but he's got to ride up the Duluth in a trunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and make sure you don't bring a sombrero this time. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> Scandinavian. No, you're fucking Wisconsin. Gosh, gosh, Sheboygan. Or Scandinavian roots. You know, yeah. we were like, yeah, okay. I'm a Sicilian. I'm a mafioso. <laughs> <laughs> Magnus, <laughs> he's fucking more Irish than Scandinavian. Uh, well, that's true. My, my I, grandmother was from Ireland. I have a question. What yes. are we supposed to be talking about? <laughs> are uh, we doing a topic? Or are we just going to sit here? Wait a minute. We, 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 we just came down. We sat down. <laughs> I looked over. You guys were sitting at the table. I'm like, I guess we're starting. This <laughs> is like uh, we, we we got nothing. Part two. <laughs> It must be Sunday. <laughs> Do we're we supposed to be here Sunday, three o'clock? <laughs> we're recording live here from Santa Monica, California. Yes. And we got nothing. We, we <laughs> can't tell the truth. Wait a minute. So no, I'm looking here. Rick's Rick's story about playing piano in Paris. Personal narrative in fiction. There you go. Anything ringing a bell here? Yeah. Personal narrative in fiction? Yes. What about that? I'm just reading it off the page. He just reading it off the page. You know, I mean, we got this. We got these notes circulated. But they're notes. From the home office. They're notes. They came from the home office. They came from the home office. And, and I'm just saying, Acme Show, number right. two. Yeah. yeah Another yeah, Bob yeah. story about Vietnam. Yeah. We went through that. Good. Um, okay, we did that. Personal narrative, oh, Autobri- autobiographical f- fiction. We've talked about that sort now of. Right? Let's hear you play the piano in the Paris nightclub. Okay, and then there's Marcella you know what? There's That's a interesting. thing. Where, is, you, where you go with that? Just there's introduce it. Okay, so we had we have the the business of of point of view and narrative in in a memoir, not okay. memoir, right? Whatever it is. 
Okay? Right. I don't want to get into memory it. writing. I don't want to get into oh, memory writing. Please, no, not memory. No. I want no, no, no. my turn to be so, used. So, what, 22 years ago? It really sends my me. One, shut up. My, <laughs> my, quite. quite. <laughs> this guy. I'm trying to get serious here. All right. All right. So got, I have a memoir. Right. No, listen. Let's get serious. There's a reason why the word memoir sounds French. It is French. <laughs> <laughs> because it is French. It's, it's supposed to, you're supposed to like, wait a minute. It's, this is a French moment. There's a reason why Napoleon so, sounds uh, French. In other words, shut up and listen. It's French. It's a French thing. It's old Europe culture. He pulled the old Europe culture card on us. I just... It's not like Ray's Diner since 1958. It's, you know. Like the, the association. We were there this Charlemagne. Morning. Charlemagne. Right? What quiet. about him? What about him? He was the first Franco. Yes. King, right? My French. French. The Holy French. Roman French. Empire. Yeah. Right? Of the Franks. Of the Franks. Hot dogs came from? Well, Maybe. yeah. They make a good Frank. Make a good Frank? In French. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Frank Furters. Frank Furters? So let's, let, so, so let's let's back our asses out of this. Like we we were in some kind of a peak moment in musicians. Like we were having like a what? I don't. Oh, this is so well, wonderfully random. Could so, be an Americana. So where are we, Clark? What's that? Where are we? Well, we could go into to uh, Acme too here. No, wait a minute. We're on. We've that. already we're done. Too. We're in that. We've already done so sue me, haven't we? No, no, no we're no, still we're doing it. No. We're, that's where because because I know we went to point of view. Oh, okay. End. We were at the end of because uh, Magnuson, Magnuson had a lot to say about. We got a second about page this here. One. Yes, and now he's not talking. I know because this was your going to be your thing. Yeah, like, been through Clapton. You guys are doing fine. Acme, you know? No, we, no, we no, got no, all the time in the world. You know what I mean. Well, no, right? we don't. Mm. In a hundred years, we'll all be dead. I know. We got to get on with it. In a hundred years, I won't be able to think of anything interesting to say. Like you guys. <laughs> well, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I got a question about what this one means. What's that? Potato Jesus. The brain is a pleasure center. A writer enjoys the physical pleasure of just thinking. This is a wrecked situation. Oh, explain, great. Explain that one. Oh, Rick just got called out. <laughs> okay. No, you know what? I'll, it's I'll a metaphysical it. Rick bullshit. Yeah, you, know, you, know how, you know how when, if you're working out, you feel like your muscles and they feel really good when you're working out? Yeah. Right? yeah. Endorphins. You a, yeah, you get a physical pleasure from it. Mm-hmm. I think thinking is the same kind of activity. I was just saying, in, uh, in the note, I was I was just saying that I get a physical pleasure out of thinking. As related this, to writing? Well, just out of thinking. Well, okay. if, if it comes out as writing, fine. But uh, it's like it's a muscle. And I don't know. We, we enjoy what we enjoy physically. And, the, and there's actually a, a physical sensation to the... Is a muscle or a gland? It's, it reminds me of, he's a, not fat. He has a glandular it's problem. A glandular <laughs> problem. It's, a, it's an organ. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The brain is an organ. It's it organ, organ. It's organ meat. It's organ meat, like a liver. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's an oh, organ. Nice. So, mm. with a salt, like a ham. Raviolis. A ham. Jesus, organ. fuck. Is there anything you won't eat? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's anything no, will turn into food. 
He's like, you say sweet bread. He's like, oh, yeah, oh sweet whatever bread. that is, I want oh. some. Yeah. No, yes, raviolis. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Brains. Oh, oh brains. smart motherfuckers. Oh. Sorry, that was bad. That's the smartest <laughs> ravioli in town. Where Does that we? answer your question? Yeah. I, I, don't I know it's weird, right? You're not recording anymore, are you? No. I am. I'm not. Yeah, I am. Yeah. All right, so we're wrapping it up. Uh, are we? I, I, I thought I mean, we were just getting started. I'm still looking for the, the launching pad. <laughs> so you can talk. Hey, by the way, so have you heard, like, like they have ads on, on TV all the time where, where I live now where, where it's a, uh, I, I can't remember the name of the disease, but if your dick just gets an unusual curve and they can fix your curve. Yeah. So I was trying to think about what, what's, what's, what counts as an no, unusual curve. No, no, it wasn't sweet potato dick. What was the other kind of thing? It was a crooked paranga. Crooked <laughs> paranga? I know. So I thought, why don't they just call it paranga? Captain Sweet Potato. I had to bring it back in one from my, under my novel. See, that's the thing, like, in, in a really responsible writing workshop, somebody would say, like, he would, the, the character's name was Sweet Potato Dick. And they'd be, they wouldn't be able to visualize how a dick could look like a sweet potato. That was the point. Right? So it'd be like, this is, a, this is not an accurate metaphor. I actually got that comment. <laughs> Why is he referred to as Captain Sweet Potato Dick? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see the correlation. Right. I mean, you know, I don't get it. Oh, yeah, right. You know, Not only do I not get it, but it's offensive. It's offensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're appropriating. Right, right. <laughs> I, what? What? I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. This is where we need to call out to somebody. Let's see what it means. <laughs> Who sweet. can we call? It's too late, isn't it? Oh, we call Ada. Yeah. Should we call Ada? No, don't call Ada. It's 11 o'clock. Call, call your mom. Yeah. No. Call Mike's oh, it's, mom. It's 1 o'clock. Right yeah, right. Yeah, She's my, really my, funny when you wake her up. She's busy at the street. She's like, Bob, <laughs> <laughs> oh, where are you? <laughs> she busts his staples at the strip club <laughs> between shows. She's, she's, <laughs> it's, it's the mud wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, oh, I love you, Mike. Make it all out of time. Mike's uh, mom, aren't all going on. <laughs> the mom discount. Oh, Jesus. All right. I, I do think uh, we should just party outside and stop. Okay. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up. We're yes. Gonna say good night from Santa Monica for Friday night. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.